G'day and welcome to Machinist Therapy Hotline. We have reached episode 15 and today we have a special guest, Carl from KCS Machining, who is going to be on the podcast, <laughs> who we'll introduce very shortly. But first of all, let's get the Dream Team on the go. And first up is Albert Brzezinski. Shut up, Boomer. Harry Boomer. Oh, sorry, Shane Paul. <laughs> Aloha. Tony Klauser. <laughs> and me, Jody Tuckwell. All the way from Tuck it, New Tuck it, 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 So let's just get on with the podcast. Oh, yeah. Bring it, bitches. Here we go. Hey, I have a question. How's that magnificent mic of yours working out? I haven't used it yet because I don't know how to use it. <laughs> it sounds like it. Got to pull out the instruction manual. <laughs> well, I got the instruction manual out and then I pulled this thing out and it's like a giant dildo. And then I was like, holy fuck, it weighs <laughs> a lot. It is. It's like a big cock. It's weird. It's like It looks like it's almost the size of that thing that you sent me, Tony, with that dude in the gimp suit. And he's got his junk out. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. Someone Tony, I told you not to send that picture to anybody. Wait a minute. Jody is the You gimp. swore. I've got pictures of Jody. The there gimp. is no way my junk is that big. That thing was 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 pretty bad. That was I, fo- yeah. I photoshopped it, bro. It's good. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Okay, Carl, we have you here on our podcast, and we are very fortunate to have a five-axis specialist. I'm going to try and pronounce Carl's last name, which might be a problem, but before we do that, I think we need to give a bit of an intro as to what we're going to be doing today, and uh, Carl Schlipper-Schnuckenicker-Digger is a five-axis specialist who skulls monster drinks and punches drywall like there's no tomorrow. Welcome, Kyle. Yeah, I'm going gonna, gonna to come all the way out there and fuck up your living room for that. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like someone hasn't had that monster. Uh, <laughs> so, I think we need to just clarify exactly how we pronounce your last name please oh this is my favorite just like it looks man <laughs> <laughs> i like it yeah so it's uh, so it's kyle s yeah kyle s kyle <laughs> uh, owner of kcs advanced machining services your your instagram feed is we were just commenting before you start actually that you're you're like this sort of hidden guru that's doing this amazing stuff and we only see little slippets and we go wow that is that is some badass stuff that this guy's doing yeah it's it's tough when you know most of the work you do is for customers so you're you know you're always walking that fine line with like what you're able to actually put out there you know had my ass shoot out shoot out a couple of times really yeah a couple times fortunately you know it was like gray area or just the customers that aren't really gonna come at you that hard you know, there's a few of them out there that i'm a little bit afraid to even you know test the waters and post some of their stuff wow so i guess uh, why don't we start off with why don't you give why don't you introduce yourself properly as opposed to me giving you some bullshit one and uh 
and you tell everyone exactly who you are. All right. Uh, so I own KCS Advanced Machining Services, uh, Metro Detroit, Michigan. Um, basically, we're a five-axis job shop. Um, we're four guys, uh, five five-axis machines. Uh, we're all full five-axis here and uh, a multitasking lathe. Basically, um, we always do everything we can as efficiently and as accurately as possible with the with with you know what the the five axis machines allow us to do. Um, you know, a lot of done in one operations, or uh, you know, a lot of five sided machining. Um, so, like aside from um, aside from like obviously five axis being your niche, like like work wise, what would you say your niche is? Uh, like short stuff, production stuff, like automotive stuff, not automotive stuff. Yeah, I mean, our sweet spot's like one to ten. Um, most of the stuff we do is like the complexity is is, is so extreme that we're probably not going to see a large order of parts. You know, it's probably prototype or um, like would be castings or forgings where you know the value is high and and the quantities are low. Uh, ironically, lately, I'm mean, so. Historically, we've always been automotive, you know, being in the Motor City, there's plenty of work out there. Uh, ironically, uh, Motor City is kind of winding down at the moment with uh, with all the stuff going on in automotive. All this like switching to EV and uh, autonomous has got kind of all the, the big three just not spending any money on an R&D anymore. But uh, like, again, so it's coincidentally, we've we, I've been joking about this. We basically went straight from... From automotive to space, we totally skipped over the whole aero part. Uh, right now, everything we have is basically for the Mars program. Oh, nice. Yeah. So and other than uh, that that crazy uh, like helmet suit thing that you had a picture of or whatever, what other kind of like stuff are you making for the Mars mission? Because that's pretty cool stuff. I mean, I, I think that that'd be like the pinnacle of like anything that you could machine is stuff that's going in outer space. Oh, it's, it's like the, I always think back like those, those shops, like from like the sixties or whatever, you know, that were involved with the Apollo missions, like all those shops that'll have like the piece in their lobby that, you know, they said was on the, on the limb or something like that, or, or, uh, like the, the module that touched on the moon. Uh, it's, you know, it's cool to be a part of history, making something for a spacesuit that's going to be, you know, involved with, uh, a mission that's as uh, as important as that was. Um, that that spacesuit that we made. So that's actually like the whole upper torso of uh, the new Mars uh, prototype spacesuit. Um, everything we're working on right now is basically like bits and pieces for the same project. Okay. Did you just so kind of like... fall into that stuff, or did someone contact you about doing it? Yeah, honestly. Uh, <laughs> the strength of social media, um, all the stuff that I post, uh, I had some followings, obviously that it, it, it just spread to a board meeting, um, with some NASA oh, suppliers wow. and someone just must, uh, raised their hand and said, like, I think I know somebody who could make that part. And they reached out and they're like, Hey, you want to take a look at some stuff? And you know, of course you say, yeah. And sure enough, it was, uh, you know, part of a spacesuit. It's like, you know, and basically it's just like, all right, well, we're going to do this, you know. That's pretty awesome. That's actually. cool, man. 
Yeah. So like, very cool. I got a question for you. Um, being that you're, cause you're like a smaller shop. Um, was it, or I, sh- I should say first, are you, or were you guys ISO certified or AS certified or anything like that? No, we're not. And that's, uh, it's just one of those things that's, you know, that, that list of like things to do next, you know, or like the, the development, the business development uh, avenues to pursue. It's, it's always on the list. I'm just always, I've always been fearful of the size of our shop that, you know, it's going to be overwhelming. But uh, I mean, you know how it is. It's like if you're able to provide what they need, there's always a way around it, you know? And I don't mean that in like a bad way. It just mean that like, like most of these shops are going to have a full incoming inspection regardless you know, so whether or not, you know, we provide a full CMM report, they're still, they're still checking everything anyways. So, yeah. so it's, it's, yeah, no, I we're think for- you're absolutely right about that. Yeah. We're fortunate that, you know, a lot of these bigger companies that demand this sort of thing kind of, you know, whatever, I hate to say it, but coach us along, hold our hand. You know, we're fortunate I, for that. I find that pretty interesting because there's been times in, in you know, the stuff that I've been dealing with that people have know my capabilities but yet i'm not certified or don't have the stuff that they need and i really don't even get a chance to look at it but yet if somebody else another shop is certified that knows me and i can play third tier and so i make it and then send it to them and then they inspect it and then send it to them and then they final ship it it gets there but how it would get to you without being certified that's that's pretty interesting yeah i mean what hoops they have to jump through on their end, I'm not really certain, but um, but hey, we got the work, <laughs> you know. I can only yeah, be, so uh, we're we just got our certification, but for a long time we didn't have it. And they would either sometimes they would come in and do a uh, like an internal audit on us. Um, and kind of, I always thought it was crazy, but I guess I kind of understand is that like it's much easier to do space stuff without like an AS9100 certification, but because that when you get into um, like Aero and the FAA and stuff, it's it's damn near impossible, and they have to jump through a ton of hoops to use you. Oh, yeah. I, I've been there before, too, where like you just get kicked. You know, like you have a conversation with a guy or a company, and, and they're, oh, yeah, 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 you know, we got this kind of work, we have that kind of work, and then, you know, are you certified? Well, no. Oh, well. Exactly. Goodbye. Exactly. It happens. But, uh, you know, there's as far as like uh, aerospace goes or even like a medical market, I mean, there's a lot more people that are affected by it. So it's, you know, it's it's the general public. You know, they're not they're not presuming to take any risks by flying a plane, whereas, you know, an astronaut or or whatnot, they sort of they sort of I mean, obviously nothing should ever happen, but they sort of understand the risks involved. Yeah, true. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. But, so from, um, a, from so, but, but from a like, sorry, we we sort of skipped into where you're at now, and I just, I think there's a lot of people out there that would probably look at your feed and and look at the things that you're doing and go, okay, how do I get to where you are now, and where did that guy start from? Like, I mean, what we, we often ask a lot of the guests that come on, you know. Was it that you were playing with Lego or, or whatever? I mean, how did you even get into this industry? Because quite often there's there are so many different paths into it, and and where you end up can be so varied. 
yeah, honestly, I was listening to uh, some of your guys' uh, earlier episodes, and it's it's just funny because I, I see like I, I see my story and all your guys' stories. You know, it's it's always kind of the same uh, same road to travel. Like you know, like Al, you were saying you just always had an infatuation with mechanics and in, in, in cars, and really that's what it was. Is just like from birth, just interested in mechanics and. Uh, in motorsports and that just it just led to having a good group of friends who all had the same passions and uh and then you know it's getting a, a, a frankly just getting a, a crappy old truck and and just working on it every day to get through uh high school and college which you know just led to technical skills and, and problem solving skills and um and yeah. you know, just the ability the ability to make decisions and just creativity and it's Think- just Tinkering teaches you so much about like like how to get through life that you're yeah. never going to learn from a book or from a classroom. Yeah, it's just everything, you know. I mean, it just it's just te- it just trains your brain at a young age to you know to to have desire to do stuff. I guess. I mean, not stuff, but like have skills. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when you when you're young. Uh, you generally don't have like a lot of money, so you kind of have to rely on yourself to do stuff and figure stuff out on your own. Um, so it, you know, it's either sink or swim, I guess. Yeah, you know, it's all about like, like dreaming up how big you can make it, like how big, loud, and fast you can make it, and then figuring out how to do it. You know, and exactly with no money or resources, you just you get by and, and you, you teach yourself. Honestly, the like the first time I ever seen a CNC machine. The only thing that ran through my mind was I can make my own stuff. Yep. <laughs> in that, in literally up until probably just a few years ago, it was like I have to build more skills so I can make the stuff that I want to make. You know, and now, now you probably don't have time to make that stuff, <laughs> dude. I, I never had the time. <laughs> you know, I got into CNC <laughs> machining, and it was just you know busy learning or, or busy working ever since. But yeah, um, yep. you know, nowadays it's more like you know, the skills have evolved. It's more about like management in leadership and in, in accounting and business growth. I mean, that's like the new frontier of like learning, you know, the technical yeah. skills are pretty, uh, are pretty solid this day and age. Yeah. So did you, um, I mean, do you have, you know, did your, your mom or dad, were they into engineering or, you know, what, what really strive, like, you know, was there, was there somebody who went, Oh wow, I, I can see what he's doing. I'd like to be like him. Nah, man, I was a misfit. I swear. <laughs> like, I just liked what I, I just stuff so much that I just, you know, never, uh, I just never put it down, uh, you know, not the same machining. So I didn't necessarily know what it was in the beginning. I didn't know what, like anything about manufacturing until after pretty much after college or maybe during college. Um, and it just, it was truthfully just a, a selfish desire to learn how to make this, uh, stuff that I wanted to make for the hot rods that I had. You can say trucks. shit. Yeah, I know. I feel like I shouldn't, but it's like <laughs> I trust you. So we got this. We got this joke in the shop. It goes like, you know, so they're swearing like a sailor, but then they're swearing like a machinist. <laughs> yeah. And so you know, it's more about like a continuous output of swear words. Yeah, and then there's another level above that, which is swear like hillbilly Hank. There's this. <laughs> uh, there's there's these three levels. Yeah, totally. That's great. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was really it. It was just, it was just a selfish need. Um, 
it, it was always just a big push to like have better capability. Like you got to take on bigger jobs so that we can afford better machines. And then, you know, and, and then you take on bigger jobs and it's like, there's always something that you don't have or like, you know, just, you know, you're an inch short on a travel. You need a bigger what machine. Was, okay. What, what was your, what was your first machine? What was the first machine you bought that, that really made you into uh, uh, your, your own, like your business owner? Like what, what was the first, what was your first purchase? So I, I, I was writing this down. I'll tell you guys a story. So, um, so after I graduated college, I, uh, I got in basically like lied in to, uh, uh, basically Roush Industries is a pretty big name in motorsports, but they're actually like super diverse and they had a pretty big machine shop here in town. So like I basically lied to get into there. They stuck me on night shift, like long hand program in a lathe, hardly had any CNC experience at the point. And it just kicked my ass. And, uh, but having like a little bit of experience with like Fidel's like one night, you know, and then having like an old hot rod, um, like basically having an old hot rod, you know, the parents started tripping and, and, and kicked the car out of the garage. So I needed to go find a place to keep it. So I went and got a little shop, you know, and the, the plan was just, you know, wrench on cars and, and make a couple bucks on the side and you know, have a place to keep my car. And then uh, just one night I was just prowling eBay and I seen like uh, just the old 3016 Fidel that was just like cheap enough where I could, I could swing it. And I was familiar enough with it where I wasn't scared. And it, again, it was just like, wow, if I buy that, I could make all my own shit. <laughs> and that was the sole reason we got into it. And um, it, it was local and I, I got it. I was the only idiot to bid on the thing. This is a piece of crap. But um, I had a space to put it. So we got that thing. And then, um, like, as soon as, like, word got out that I had it, it became, like, you know, like, this guy can make performance parts. So we started making performance parts for everybody. And that was right in the beginning of, uh, I was right in, like, the beginning of 09, back when, like, you know, the shit was really hitting the fan with the economy. And, you know, everyone was, all the big shops were shutting down and, you know, they were cutting overtime and all that stuff. So we just just started, you know, moonlight, like working all day, moonlighting all night. And, uh, you know, uh, just. Yeah, great time to start a business. I know, man. It was. Uh, I, was, it was I was right there with you. That, that's yeah. it. That was rough. If you can make it through that, though, I feel like I don't want to say that you'll be able to make it through anything. But um, those were not easy times to start. No, you know, I always say like. So I, I was hired at Roush in uh, 2006, and I always say this, like, I, I was, I'm super fortunate to have seen, like, the old days of machining. Not to say the old days of machining, but just, like, the way business used to be. Like, when I first started there, it, like, the economy was still doing pretty decent, and there was just pallets of work everywhere with, with written work orders. Like, just go. Like, just start on it, and just bill us when it's done. And, and since 2006, I've I yet to ever see that again. It's just like, like here's a pallet of, me- of metal, just, you know bill us later you know everything now is estimated 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 yeah but uh but yeah so like before we knew it with that old fidel we just you know expenses started climbing and and like all i wanted to do was make sweet car parts you know for my lamans and uh we just never had the chance frankly we just got busier and busier and busier and just kept growing and eventually left roush and and uh 2014 or 2013 and uh started doing it full time and then just 
kept getting more and more machines and kept like trading up and trading up. Uh, you know, as soon as we uh, so it sounds it sounds like you got some work from your current employer at the time. That was no. kind of like some of your first like outside work, yeah. No, I never told them about it. I, I kept it. Uh, I, you know, I opened my mouth one time about it, and and they just it, it almost just it almost cost me the job, and uh, I got my ass chewed out, and uh, I just never mentioned it again. And when I left there after like seven years, I just told them I was going to be a dancer. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell them I was, you know, I couldn't, you know, it was this major conflict of interest there. I couldn't tell them I owned a machine shop, and so I just said, uh, "Nope." I'm just going to go be a dancer. They knew, you know, but I couldn't say it. Wow. Wow. I wonder what kind of dancer you'd have been, like a belly dancer or something. Or... Nah, man. Strip club, man. Put the, uh, <laughs> I was thinking like a sheetrock dancer. There's nah, no it's... way I would pay money for you to strip off. Like, never. Nah, nah I dress up as the UPS guy with the box on. <laughs> I let the ladies spin my box. So where are nice. <laughs> <laughs> So where are you right now in terms of your like where your business sits, of what kind of machines you've got? Are you are you are you at that sort of happy medium space where you know if you get any bigger then there's massive complications, or are you, you know, what have you got and where are you at? Yeah, we've achieved that this summer. You know, so we bought this uh, this Matsura earlier in the year, and uh, we like we had to completely rip the shop apart. Uh, like we, it's funny how it goes. So um, the plan was all laid out and it was going to be glorious, and then it basically immediately went to shit. <laughs> so, so we purchased the Matsura. Everyone great with the Matsura. Uh, Yamazin and, and Matsura were both fantastic, but uh, we were going to just uptrade a couple of machines, and then we end up we still had the machines. <laughs> we're still running them. We were just too busy to let them go. But uh, amongst like not being able to sell these machines. It's like, oh my God, where the hell are we going to put this Matsura? You know, so like basically the last place available in this shop is like the conference room. <laughs> so we, and, and after like Matsura having not shipped this machine for like three or four months, they were like, hey, it, it's, you know, it's like, it's, it's a uh, second quarter of the year. We're sending this thing. You better be ready. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> so, uh, so we just tore out this conference room. Well, we just started tearing this place out and started, Started basically, we had uh, uh, the concrete guys lined up to do it uh, to do the floor, and uh, we got so much rain this year that as soon as we were ready to get this Matsura, the weather finally broke, and we couldn't get any concrete guys to want to come inside and do a job because they were so behind outside. So we just uh, we just started digging and poured a foundation ourselves, and then right then the landlord calls us. And says, "Hey, the space right next door to you is available. Do you want it? You know, so that's a, that's a pretty pretty sweet opportunity to double our space. So, of course, we took that opportunity and tore out the back of that, and you know, basically doubled the shop space. But yeah, the, the havoc that this has caused has been like just 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 turned everything upside down. I mean, we're we're basically trying to figure out how to just uh, just reestablish the entire workflow and." And, and fortunately, we uh, we picked up a couple of really good guys this year, so we're uh, you know, I guess I'm sort of throttling back in the shop and, and spending more time at the desk and trying to just give up some control um, and, and, and spread it out to the guys and and um, 
you know, let them start doing their thing, which has been a little bit challenging for me. Yeah, I, I can relate to that. I'm kind of there myself. And that's not an easy thing to do for somebody who is probably most comfortable in the shop. Yeah, yeah. You know, when so you live probably, and die in front of a machine, and it, but then you got to sort of hand it off to somebody else and say, you know, make this the way I'd make it. It's uh, it's yeah, they're tough, not going but, to. Well, I'm I'm fortunate. These guys are actually kicking ass. So we um, earlier in the year, I acquired a guy who had all Fanook experience. And right now he's kicking ass on the Hercos, making five axis parts. Uh, like we're doing this gnarly little stainless piece done in one. And, he, and, and, and he's having never even really seen hyper mill before. He's kicking ass at it. And then the other guy, he's been exclusively Hercos his whole career. And uh, he's never even seen a turning center. And I got him over on the Fanuc Dusan, uh, basically like, like turning and milling parts complete. And he's kicking ass. It's just, it's really, it's going well. It's just, it's just, you know, I, I want to like keep an eye on these guys and I need to be, you know, I still need to be productive at my desk. And I'm like every couple of minutes, I'm finding myself like, you know, kind of poking my head out in the shop to see how things are going. And it's like, it's like, man, is it costing me my, you know, my productivity? What have, what have you been kind of redirecting your focus on? It sounds like, Probably doing, if I had to guess, like a lot of quoting or maybe like, uh, you know, finding new business and stuff like that. Yeah, we've been, yeah, it's, the, the quoting has just been monstrous lately. But, um, you know, so it's like I said, we're getting into this aerospace work and, you know, and keeping track of the documentation and making sure, we're, you know, we meet all the specs and, 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 and creating the process and, and really just like, you know, getting everything ready to go to the shop floor, you know, so that basically I don't have to do it has been you know my number one priority and, and keeping the work coming in and unfortunately i still do all the purchasing so looking at these jobs and purchasing all the stuff that we need yeah so what's your day look like on a, on a daily basis al i mean it's pretty similar um i've got like a couple of good guys in the shop right now too so you know it again it's kind of like letting go of things trusting people to do stuff, understanding that they're going to make mistakes because they're still learning too. Um, but still like having like a good handle on what they're doing without like hovering over them. And, yeah. you know, you get, it's, I, I try really hard to be like a good manager or boss and it, it's tough sometimes. Cause you know, sometimes you give people an inch and they try to take a mile, but, um, it's just a different set of responsibilities and it's, it's weird to get used to because I'm like you said, you know, you kind of live and die by the machine and like my comfort zone, like that's what I know I'm good at. So yeah. to go from there to more of kind of like a managerial position or like business development, like ultimately that's good for the business because you're kind of steering the ship and piloting the ship. But, um, it's, it's just, it's just different, you know, always a different set of problems. Yeah, it's got a weird feel, you know, it, it's good to be busy because you don't, you know, you feel like you're busy, you know, we're getting some right. okay throughput right now, but it, 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 I'm a bit tenacious on the machine. And like, I, you know, I, I push real hard and I keep things moving. And, and right now I'm really just trying not to interfere. And these guys are, they're learning, but they're doing a really good job. And it's just, man, does it just feel weird though? But, um, but I always say, like, you know, some people need micromanage and some people just need coaching. You know, so fortunately, we just got a couple of guys that just need some coaching. 
we actually let a guy go uh, in the last uh, in the last month. That was uh, that was interesting. Was that the first time you'd had to let somebody go? <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was first time. What what, uh, what happened? You know, I don't think I can say too much. Nothing really happened. Well, actually, what happened was um, uh, <laughs> uh, nothing much <laughs> happened. But I'm going to tell you well, anyway. Fuck it. <laughs> this, yeah. Well, this is. I don't want to say anything bad. Nothing bad happened. He was actually he was a good guy. It just wasn't it just wasn't the right fit. And um, like I said, some people you coach, and others you have to micromanage. And it was just too much micromanagement. But um, but the 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 last straw was like, you know, I pulled him aside, and I was like, man, you know, like why don't you wear, like, get wear, wear well, pants? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, I'm like, just, just just pick up the ball some. No, I didn't say that. But um, I was like, why don't you get into something on the side, like at home, that'll help you develop some skills, you know, to to help you, you know, further you along here in the shop. And he goes, yeah, I've been thinking about hunting. And I go, <laughs> I was just like, I know, I'm like, ah, we're clearly not on the same page here. So it, basically, that weekend, I made my mind up. I'm like, it's it's just, it's it's time. So that's a good, was, uh, that's a good call because like, well, no, it's a good call because like I said in the last episode, I had this guy. He was a keen hunter, and all he did was fucking gnaw bones, and he smelled like shit. <laughs> so you, you, you've dodged a bullet, my friend. You've dodged a bullet. Yeah, he must have been from Australia. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I'm not from Australia, so that's uh, too bad. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it was all right. It, it, it was mutual. I, mean, I was. I don't know if it was mutual, but I mean, there, there was no big scene or nothing like that. But uh, you know, like I said, it was an alright guy. This wasn't a good fit. That's tough because you can't. You can't ever force. You can't force anything. You can't make somebody want to learn stuff outside of work, or you can't make somebody want to have an interest in it. And they may want the job, or they may you know have the desire to work, but. Ultimately, like you said, it's just not a good fit. So I've definitely been there before, and it's it's frustrating, but it is for the better ultimately. So, yeah, yeah, that was, that was the biggest thing. It was just it, it just aggravated me. I, obviously, just like you said, yeah, you can't expect somebody to be like you or to to have all the same interests or to, to work as hard as you do. But but man, you can have a little bit of passion. You know, if you don't have any passion, yeah, a little something like like what's the, you know what's the point? You know, it's just yeah, a job totally. at that point. I don't really want yeah. to be like, you know, a nine to fiver in here, especially when it takes up a, a handful of my time. Yeah, the, well, the only yeah. The, the only the only flip side to that would be is when you actually do need just a guy that's going to come in. I know. You well, know, so like it's 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 pretty hard. Like there'll be a point where your business will have you, you might you might get a repeat product and you go, okay, I do need someone that's going to measure, but I know that I really only need someone that's going to be able to do certain things, and I don't want them to be a superstar. I just need them to be here. And, and and that is also okay. Yeah, yeah. And is that that was the hardest part. And I we hung on to this guy for, for a little while. And my, my biggest fear was that like as soon as we'd let him go, that we'd land like a, a a daunting production job or something like that. And now I gotta find you know, take a high skill guy and put him on this job or I gotta yeah. try to find somebody else or you know, or we I gotta do it. And then yeah, that was that was truthfully the biggest fear. I mean, we still might come across that, but, uh, you know, I guess we'll just, uh, I guess see we'll... that I, I've found something similar and I'm, I'm super pumped that you've got like some rock stars in there. Cause I, I feel like it's really tough to find people who are rock stars in this industry. 
Um, it's passion, it, man. No, I mean, you're absolutely right, but it's it's just tough to come by those people. Like, and I, I tell people this all the time, like, if you want this to be a job, this can be a job and the opportunity is there. And if you want this to be a career, the opportunity is there. The only difference is going to be the results. And I can't make you want either one of those. That's to you. Yeah, it's it's hard to be a small shop and like and bear this because like what so what do you do you you put an ad on like ZipRecruiter and, and bring like you know forty guys through here in the next six months and, and you know just to let them all go and deal with that mess or do you oh it's a like, huge time hole for yourself then it's that's oh it's brutal man so I mean we've been like just kind of word of mouth recruiting and it's it's been okay we've had some pretty good guys uh, in the past but like I said we're just right now we're just I don't know how we're going to get any better. We see more, more of the same guys is what we need. And that's going to be, uh, that's going to be tough. Just like you said. Yeah. Hey, I've got another question. Um, I was thinking about the future and, uh, and I thought to myself, well, Kyle, he's positioned in, in probably a dystopic and crime infested Detroit where potentially <laughs> they might need a potent cyborg that becomes an ex-policeman. Have you done anything for RoboCop? Uh, no. The, the, hip, <laughs> the, the hipsters chase him out of town. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Of course they have. <laughs> the, the, the RoboCop was like, fuck this, I'm leaving. You guys suck. Yeah. Who wants RoboCop when we can have we can have craft breweries and beards and black caps? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Axe throwing. <laughs> Fucking so RoboCop. You, I mean... Actually, being being in Detroit, which would have been a major industrial hub of the United States, as far as I'm concerned, and 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 now seeing like everything sort of just died, and 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 is there is there new life coming into Detroit? Is that are you the next generation of of what's happening there? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's funny how it goes. Like, I mean, it's incredible that the city was as powerful as it was because when you look at it today, you're like, man, very much there. The cool thing about this area is like, man, the resources, like because the big three is so freaking big and powerful, like literally every, almost every North American headquarters is within like 50 miles. I mean, you can literally get whatever you need, like right around town, which is like a terrific place to, to have a machine shop. Stop the podcast! We are very fortunate this week because we have been given a very special offer for our listeners. Albert, do you have the details? I'm not the offer, but I know about the offer. Oh, Um, God. God damn it. Tell us. So, uh, Meritool hooked us up um we didn't even ask them they just offered it and they said we can use this code mth10 uh it's a 10 percent discount code um and i don't think that it has any expiration date so uh you know or any kind of limitation or anything it's just a 10 percent off coupon code that you can use if you want to order meritool stuff wow that's pretty awesome they I mean, are so, awesome. What, what, I mean, They're, if you were to, if you had that offer, what would you buy? T-shirt. Uh, 
Yeah, no, no. Oh, that's a good point. Does it does it count for t-shirts? I'd love to have a t-shirt. Yeah, I bought mine. From it, them. They have a, they have like a ton of cool shit other than just holders too. They've got actually I picked up like a torque wrench from them for like torquing like collet notes and stuff. And so we've cracked a few of them, and uh, it's nice. It's super nice to have something like that. Wow, all the carbide they carry is great. Yeah, and they're doing yeah. very well because. I just saw some video footage of their freaking new big ass building that they're moving into and it looks like a great time and like they're really expanding and it looks super awesome. And I'm pretty sure it's Mari Tool, Albert. Yeah, Mari, <laughs> Mary. Or an a-hole. Yeah, Mari Tool. Yeah, uh, Mari Tool. Wow, fuck me. Yeah, so let's just, uh, let's, let's, just, let's just go this again. So MTH10 and with anyone that puts that into their online shopping on Mari Tool will get a 10% discount. Is that right? <laughs> Fucking A, right? Yeah, cool. Okay, let's get on with the podcast. The big three are just sitting idle. They're just chilling. Like, I don't, I don't think anybody knows what the hell they're doing. There's this, like, there's this big push for like electric vehicle and everyone knows that they're not there yet, but it needs to happen. And like, uh, there's all this like bullshit talk about a recession. Like mm. people are, people are talking about it so much that they're going to like force it to happen. Yeah. But, um, or like, or the weird thing is, is like big three isn't spending like any money in R and D where they historically like just, they spend just jobs of cash on R and D. You know, but if if EV is like right around the corner, and but they're not there yet, like, you know, what are you developing? But um, right, hundred percent. I mean, so yeah, but if so, if EV hits, I mean, it's going to be freaking huge. Um, but it, I, honestly, I think that like, I think like uh, Silicon Valley is going to be the next Motor City, man. Like mm. the biggest man, the biggest machine shops in California are all like <laughs> uh, Google, Facebook, uh, <laughs> Uber. Um, you know what are they up to? That's what I want to know. Exactly. Anything about that, Tony? A little bit. So I've got a I've got a couple questions for you, and I think you probably answered some just by listening to you. But one, first off, you've mentioned the big three several times, and I'm pretty sure I have a good idea who they are. But maybe our listeners don't. Can you tell us who the big three is? Oh yeah, Ford, GM, and Chrysler are historically the big three. You know. Okay. It's, it's more or less a nickname today. I mean, there's uh, some of the Fiat manufacturers are, yeah, yeah, yeah FCA group. Yeah. That's what I was. That's what I was thinking. So my other question was, what was your your cam system that you're using? And I think you said Hypermill. Yeah, Hypermill. How do you like the Hypermill Al? I love it, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm per- programming some stuff in Mastercam right now, and not the end of the world, but there's some pretty notable differences. And when you get into yeah. the more complex stuff, like five axis stuff, it really kicks ass and it's really a nice tool to have. Yeah. Okay. It's sweet. You know, everybody says like, Oh, it's just five axis software. It's legitimately programming software. It's so nice. So, my so hang on, question, hang on a minute. Next, well, my so next before question. we do that, because you said <laughs> hypermel, are you not using, you're not using fusion 360? I don't, I, I I'm confused. Uh, yeah, that's not gay. No, we're not. Uh, so, so, so this—you're uh, the biggest sausage eater I've ever met. Wow! <laughs> you got a giant sausage mic sitting in front of you. <laughs> so this, uh, Sorry. 
So this old this old customer of mine, this old guy, he's like a little like one man band. He like builds uh, like race boats. He goes, I want to get a CNC. What should I get? I'm like, I'm like, don't do it, man. I'm like, just get a bridge port with like two servos on it. You'll be straight. He goes, no, no, no. I, I, got, I want like a tool changer. I want like the whole nine yards. You know, why is he? Why does he sound Italian? Because <laughs> he is. A, he probably is a little Italian guy. <laughs> this guy's. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, he said, no, no, I, want, guy... I want to see a Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia. <laughs> Mamma Mia, yeah, yeah. His name's Luigi, by the way. No, it's not. But uh, nice. this guy, the guy's like so hyper. The guy's like just so like ADD. Like he's, he's shifting gears on you every time you try to talk to him. So he's like, he's like I got to get a CNC. I'm like, all right. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, like we'll talk to this guy. And um, he goes, well, all right. Now, what do I do to run it? I'm like, well, check out Fusion 360. He goes, so he comes back a couple days later. He's like, man. That stuff's tough. I call it Confusion 360. I can't figure it out. <laughs> I'm like, I know, man. That's why I said don't get a CNC. All right. So my next question was, what was the brand of your multitask machine? And I think you answered that also. Yeah. Is it Doosan? Doosan, yeah. Yeah, we got, so this, what, we, got this, we got this Doosan for a screaming price. And honestly, it was like, it, it was this, the best thing that happened to me yet. And this, that machine's phenomenal. Is it a twin turret, twin spindle? Uh, single turret, twin spindle, y-axis. Nice. And you like that all right? Yeah, it's good value. It's a good machine. I mean, we, we actually we got it basically for free. Uh, a customer went out of business, so we bought like five machines off them. And then, and then flipped the other four and kept the deuce on for like a wash. So it worked nice. out pretty well. Yeah. Uh, okay. But, last, last question is, can you tell me the story about the Hummer? <laughs> Yeah, so um, <laughs> oh, here we I go. Got, here we it's go. not what it's we're, not what you're thinking, we're, Jody. It's we're back to the machinist therapy hotline. Yeah. <laughs> well, the you know the Humvee is a is a is a crucial part for uh, for therapy and stress relief. True. Um, except for I can't except for I can't take it out of the parking lot. <laughs> 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 Fucking Michigan won't plate it. So I, I had I got some couple buddies that do like a bunch. They uh they like just buy and resell like like military surplus stuff you know a few right. years ago you actually like make a buck at it but then now everyone kind of caught on so we're sitting around drinking one day and, and buddy goes like oh yeah and you can, you can get a humvee i was like get out of here i was like i have been absolutely like in love with humvees since i was a little kid like just the shape they're just the most beautiful thing around i swear so buddy's like you can own a humvee like he was buying they, they auctioned them off all day long so I had sold uh, an old car like right before that, so I had like I had like seven thousand dollars in my pocket, and uh, so I was farting around on uh, the government auction site, and sure enough, there was like 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 the perfect Humvee for seven thousand dollars. So I was like, oh well, I got seven thousand dollars in my pocket, you know, this just makes perfect sense. <laughs> so I got this Humvee and. Uh, basically drove down to, to Illinois in a snowstorm to get it. Come to find out shortly after that, uh, Michigan will absolutely, it is absolutely refused to play them. So <laughs> really, like, yeah, yeah. They, they basically said like, like if you happen to get it plated, it, you know, it, we will find it and, and we will take, we, we will, I, I don't think there's any like punishment involved, but they'll just, we'll take the place. <laughs> so, Punishment. So, Punishment. so we're pretty, I'm pretty much that's so out. Yeah. So, so basically, uh, so basically, I was driving around the parking lot. But uh, so nice. funny story. So, so the, one day, uh, the hyper mill sales guy uh, comes over unexpectedly. He goes, "Hey, I was in the area." Well, I was like, 
just kind of having like a little informal shop floor meeting with another uh, sales guy. And uh, I was like, well, you know, just, just sit tight. I'll be with you in a minute. You know, hey, why don't you take the Humvee for a ride? He goes, oh, hell yeah. Like, I'll do that. So I, I forgot to tell him that it doesn't have plates, uh, a, a title, or a bill of sale. <laughs> oh, well, I guess I have a bill of sale. So, um, so I'm sitting there. So he takes it out for a spin. And I'm sitting there just talking to the, the, the previous sales guy. And I'm thinking to myself, like, man, he's been gone for a little while. And I haven't told him that that thing's technically illegal to be driving around in. <laughs> <laughs> and so I go out looking for him, and he is nowhere to be seen. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, he probably took it out on the main road and got popped. <laughs> but fortunately, like, right then and then, he just comes around in the corner. You know, like, oh, this thing's awesome. I was like, oh, thank God. That had been uh, <laughs> there would have gone my discount. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, boom. Hey, boomer. Yeah. Didn't we have a governor that used to drive around in a Hummer? Uh-huh. We did. Yeah. But that was a like uh, a civilian one. You oh, my, California my won't register the the surplus ones either. I've seen a couple that on Craigslist that are registered. I don't know. They must know somebody, but they uh, were yeah, like loopholes. Yeah, they were they were very expensive. Thought so. Couldn't you just put a GM sticker on the front or a Ford sticker on the back? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you could try, you know. And then when you lift the bonnet, you just point it at the battery and go, "It's electric." Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> what the what the fuck is a bonnet? <laughs> that's a, uh, oh man. a bonnet it's the front it's the front of your car that's so gay it's not the front of your car you lift the hood <laughs> what is sounds like one of those little, oh like, my god hey, hey here's here's Jody the bonnet and the boot okay hold on hold on so we're cruising we're cruising the main avenue we got our hot rods out and we're all racing and he's like whoa you beat me dude can I see what <laughs> kind of freaking mill you have underneath there and Jody's all hold on let me lift my bonnet and show you my motor. <laughs> I can get But that will be fine because I'll be in my jandals and I have no pants on. So oh, you can go fuck it's yourself. getting worse and worse and worse and worse. <laughs> oh my God. It's oozing gayness out of my anus. What the hell, Tony? <laughs> I'll tell you what's happened is you put that barbecue vest on and you've changed. I have changed. <laughs> and I hope you all like me for it. <laughs> You put you that put thing on, on and it. you turned into you in, like Hillbilly Hank comes to the party and you were dancing. I thought you were dancing <laughs> on top of the machine. And I was like, oh my God, is this guy going to poop? It's like, what the hell is going to happen right now? Is it going to be that dramatic? Because it would have been amazing if you did. I see no, that. Who, who the hell was filming? The employees must be like, oh God, Tony's on one again. Must have been Katie, surely. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot disclose this information at this time. Oh my God, is is what I've got to ask? Is Katie cheating on you with Hillbilly Hank? You know what? It's a very good secret love affair, and I can't talk about that either. Does that mean it's a threesome in a twosome? Like, are you are you asking? It's for me, myself, and Irene. That's almost yeah. Double oh. <laughs> Why am I okay? Anyways, me, myself, and Hank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when, when Hank comes real quick, it's like, oh, it's Hank. But when he does, it's Tony. <laughs> wow. I just got grossed so, out. Yeah, me too. Sorry. I took it too far. Okay, back the track up. How do you pronounce your last name? 
Chapinski. Oh, that's Chapinsky. easy. That's He's freaking that. easy. Okay. It doesn't look like that. It looks so complicated. <laughs> Just like it looks, man. It's easy. Chapinski. Chapinski. Yeah. Guys, that sounds that sounds very. Is that Polish? Is that? Yeah, yeah, it's Polish. Hey, who's more Polish, Al or me? Hmm. Is that not? But Albert's not Polish. Yeah. The fuck ah. do you think I got a ski at the end of my name, dumbass? <laughs> oh Whoa. man, I didn't realize that. I thought you were like. No, it's it's all I thought you were quiet. So clear, so clear right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, I always have Polak moments. Whoa. So I got whoa, this. Whoa. Uh, you'll you'll appreciate this one. So I got this uh, buddy with uh, his dad, old guy. He's got to say the same joke every time I see him. He goes, "Hey, Kyle." How come Polacks put ski on the end of their last name? And I'm like, I don't know, John, why? He goes, because they can't spell toboggan. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Every Jesus fucking time. Wow. Yeah, that's a, what? That's a Polack joke for sure. I, I definitely know. don't understand what's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, hey, I know where Polacks keep their armies. Uh-oh. Where? And, oh, nice. and, their, sli- and their sleeveys. What? <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Break, break that down for us. What just happened? Is Hank back in town? <laughs> Polacks keep their armies and their sleeves. Come on, Jody. I got it. I always heard Surely. that joke is Napoleon keeps his armies and his sleeves. The hell's a hey, sleeve? Is that, I guess, I like your version better. Though. Is that is that is a sleeve <laughs> the back end of the car? Because we've opened the bonnet. Like what the hell? Uh, <laughs> the pink sock. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Kyle, what's what's the next step for KCS? Where 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 are you trying to head to? What what's what's the goal? Peter told you he's heading to Mars. Yeah, we're going wow. to Mars, baby. Wow, man! Like you I can see, Mars, I baby. Total I got a recall. serious question. This is semi-related. No, you? Oh, hold on a second. What the fuck? What the hell are you Jody. think we've been doing? Jody, Jody, Jody. Stop the podcast. Yes. Albert has a serious question. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, Albert, go. Okay. Serious question. Go. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's not important. No, fuck you, Tom. Uh, go. <laughs> Albert, I demand you speak. <laughs> Shit, dude. <laughs> I'm going to smack your little white ass. <laughs> Good lord, the fucking attitude out of Hillbilly Hank today. <laughs> oh my god. Speak, Albert, speak. Uh, okay, so what do you think about colonizing Mars? Do you think it's realistic or do you think it's not realistic? Oh, come on. Oh, oh man. I have Schwarzenegger's already there. Do you yeah, and he. There's a guy who goes to Mars, he comes back, and he gets involved with a woman with three breasts. Like, yes, life is good. I saw that. When, exactly. when you go to Mars, life is good. Movies <laughs> <laughs> oh, everywhere. Well, let the man uh, answer. Sorry, yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. I have no idea, to be honest. Uh, seems pretty unrealistic to me, but, um, you know, I hope we can pull it off. But I mean, like, why, what do you think is unrealistic about it? I, I have my own thoughts about it, but I just... It's always interesting talking to other people and getting their opinions about this. About people living on Mars. Yeah, we have like this debate around here too. It's like, is, I mean, how are people, I don't know, it's just, I don't want to be pessimistic. I I I think it would be great. But 
Like, what? It's stupid. What, what, are, what are you going to do? Like, like human nature, like, like, like millions of years of this shit, like people are just going to put all that aside and say like, you know, we'll, we'll go to Mars and we'll be happily ever after. No, some asshole is going to try to claim it for themselves. And, you know, um, it's just, I don't know. It, I hope we can get there. I think it'd be great. Hopefully we see it in our lifetime. Yeah, you know, I just I think I'm, there's I'm just a lot bad. to be learned from it. I think so. Well, too. Fine. Why why the fuck? Hang on. Why would you leave a place that has water, grass, women with two boobies to go to a, a place that is basically a giant dust ball with nothing on it? Like how can that be awesome? Yeah, there's no fucking I'm, beer on Mars. I'm yeah, with, exactly. I'm with there's no you, Mickeys on Mars. With you. I'm with you That's about good. that, Jody. And I, I think that there's, I think there's a lot that we can learn about, um, or I should say, developing technology from doing something like going to Mars. But I don't think that it's feasible to colonize Mars. I'd say colonization's stupid. But let's just get there first. Yeah. But, but yeah. I, it's it's aggravating to me. Like, why can't we get back to the moon? You know, I feel like yeah. I feel like every every yes, generation, we, we, every generation, we should touch base on the moon. That's that inspires hope. You know, it's, it's doable. That uh, it should be easy by now. You know? yeah. I would love to. I really would love to believe that the moon is made of cheese. Oh my god! Yeah. So, no. so here's the, here's the thing: there's a lot of people on planet Earth that still think that we've never been to the moon. Exactly, not to open, Tony. Not not to open up another whole can of worms, but I mean, really, like you just said, why can't we get back to the moon? It should be easy. It should be fucking way easy because we're super yeah. close to it. We should be able to just land on it like daily. You know, if we're gonna fly trips back and forth to Mars. Well, obviously, we can get to the fucking moon and back in like 15 minutes, I would think. Yeah. But oh, you know what? I, I don't know. We're not privileged to know all that information, and I really don't know. I wish I knew, but I don't know. Yeah. This just went all like risky theory on us here. <laughs> I, I, hate to, I hate to acknowledge that you might have not been there, but it's hard. It's almost hard at times to, to acknowledge that you have. It's uh, Yeah. It sucks, but like, man, let's fucking no go money there again. Ah, horseshit. There's no money going to Mars. Let's fucking. You all, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Is there's no, there's no money in going to the moon. That's why no one wants to do it. Eh, yeah, but, but that makes no sense. Like, why not just go and go? Hey, guess what? For all you idiots that think that we never landed there before, boom. There's a selfie of me with my iPhone on the moon. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, they, if they don't if, believe it now, they wouldn't believe it then either. If you know what, what? Boomer, you're not going to convince them. Boomer, if me, you, and Jody decide, you know what, fuck this, let's go to the dark side of the moon and turn on our iPhones <laughs> and turn on our flashlights yeah. and show you motherfuckers there's no Megatron there, that would be badass. <laughs> <laughs> right? I would make sure that, well, Boomer has to wear the barbecue vest if we go to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's just turn anyways. So, sorry, I know, sorry, so, so for a, a far less uh, really important question, What's the next step for KCS? What's we got? I want to automate, man. I want to get into automation bad. I want to build. Yes. I want to. I want to build like a like a pal, like a a scalable pool. Yeah, exactly. With with RoboCop shuffling pallets in and out of a machine. Oh man, um, that'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, I... I, honestly, I think that's where the next. Uh, I think that's where it's at. I mean, as hard as it is to find the talented people to run the machines, you got to exactly. You, you, you got to automate the, uh, the the high mix, low volume world. I'm right there with you, and this is the thing. I went back to Dayton a couple months ago, and I saw this system called Load and Go, and it's a little uh-huh. Fanuc. It's called Fanuc because I did ask them, not Fanuc, but it's called Fanuc oh, Robot. 
and he was pulling out these drawers and loading these slugs in this twin turret, twin spindle machine, and he was flipping them around. And he could do this for hours. I mean, yeah. you could set him up in his drawers and then go somewhere else, and he would work probably 10, 12 hours on his own and and do a good job, put things back where they went. You got a guy in the back <laughs> pulling the drawer out and doing other stuff. It's like, this is where I want to be in the next couple of years. And I think, you know, I'm back at the shop by myself again. I hired a guy last week and he's not there this week. And so it's me and my oh, wife sorry. and the dog. And it's like, you can't find people. So you, the robot never leaves. As a matter of fact, he's fucking screwed to the table or the ground. So he's not going to go anywhere. He can drink all he wants, but he's still going to be there on <laughs> Monday. So it's, it's, you, it's the next thing. Do you think that the, uh, like the peace loading robots or like, like the palletized system is the way to go? Uh, it depends on what you're doing. I mean, if you're talking yeah. a lathe, I think I'm thinking peace, you know, yeah. obviously if you're doing, if you're doing a lathe, if you're doing a, a mill, I would think palletized. Yeah. yeah I, just oh, 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 oh. I think, yeah, I, I, actually a lathe, if you're only doing piece work, uh, a gantry loader is far quicker than a than a robot in front of it. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, I don't know what the costs are between all amongst all of them, but they're making this load and go system very cost effective. You can get it under ninety grand, and I think that's that's pretty cheap. A lot cheaper than it used to be. Yeah, the uh, supposedly Herco is coming out with uh, with. Uh, uh, controller options where just the machine's outfitted with uh, basically the same cell and you just just program it conversationally. That would be pretty impressive. That would be. And you know, the load and go was actually conversation. I mean, I saw it back there in Dayton. I was like, you know, you tell it what you're doing and you come down and teach the arm and it was, they made it look pretty simple. And then, you know, it's, what they're trying to do is compete with trying to hire an employee and go through all these growing pains like yourself, Albert, myself, even Shane's going through. I mean, Jody has a million people to choose from because he just <laughs> flies all over the world. But I mean, it's it's hard. It's really hard to put people in front of machines and 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 get stuff done. And uh, it robots. They keep saying like like you know I've heard Albert say you know oh robots are going to take over our jobs, take over our world. And we know that's not the truth, but sometimes we wish it was the truth because I mean. We're the ones teaching the robots. Here's the thing. Was, so if we teach the robots. It's hard at any scale. It's hard at any scale. You could be a huge company, like, you know, with Jody's company, or you could be like, you know, Tony or myself or whatever, and it's going to be equally difficult to find good quality people. Do you think that uh, the answer is to hire young guys, like fresh out of school, or do you hire like uh, yep. the old shop rats? Is, which one? No, uh, yeah, here's, here's the thing. I've had a first-hand experience. The young guys somehow somebody's told them or lied to them that they get to sit down at the desk and play with cat <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, exactly. what the, that's what the fuck they want to do. I cannot yeah. find any young guys that want to stand out on the floor with me and load and unload parts or rotate freaking inserts or check coolant levels or fill up way lube or wipe a machine down. So oh it's still shiny. Cause that's, that shit's yeah. stupid. Stupid. Yeah. It, it's all the shit that aggravates me. It's like shit. It's like so, if, if you got a forty-five minute cycle, stand there and wipe the machine out. Shouldn't have to tell it, Yeah, it's not yeah. there anymore. Not there. find something to do. Uh, yeah, that's funny. You know, it's uh, it's what part of the reason that I let, what led me to my decision to let the last guy go. I realized that the world is a different place when I saw that that kids that played that fucking video game, whatever it's called, 
want millions and millions of dollars sitting on their couch with their headphones on playing that game. What's it called? Fortnite. Yes, Fortnite. I mean, you always the parents always say, you're never going to do anything with your life, but you just sit on the couch and play video games. Well, fuck, I think that's out the window because they've obviously made millions of dollars sitting on the couch playing video games. Yeah, there's probably fewer of those guys out there than there are like professional athletes. True. You know, so I mean, you you, you got better odds of you know becoming an NFL star than you do a a professional gamer. Uh, I I think you're. I I actually think you're wrong. I think there are probably more kids playing video games and believing that they can get there, and and then the prize pool for those that stuff gets higher and higher and higher and higher. Well, they they believe that they can get there, but I mean, fuck. Well, you don't you don't have to be in shape to get there though. If you're 300 pounds and sitting on the couch eating Twinkies, you're just as good as the 125 pounder that works out every day. Yeah, but that's everybody, you know. So you got a much much bigger uh, uh, pool of of people trying to achieve the same thing. I don't know. It's probably equal. Who knows? But uh, you're seeing like the top, you know, tenth of a percent of them. It's just like when you watch like gambling on TV or something. It's like the top yeah. tenth of a percent of gamblers. True. Let's see the real gamblers. True. I'd I mean, watch I that think show. Though, what you're kind of what you're kind of touching on though is like what we're what we're glamorizing for like today's youth. Because like if you don't glamorize like the stuff that we do, no one's gonna think that the shit that we do is cool anymore, and they're gonna want to go out and be fucking YouTubers or you know, video game sensation hot stars or whatever the fuck, you know, the latest and greatest bullshit is, you know, yeah. like we still need people to make stuff. Like if they recruited his youth to go to war, like we would be so screwed. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, but they would be screwed if they try to get us to go to war, I reckon. No, yeah, absolutely. Because we'd just fall <laughs> apart, probably. Whoa, whoa, jo- Jody, are you proposing war between the United States and New Zealand? <laughs> hey, hey, all I need to do is give Albert a dodgy lettuce and he'll be fucking shitting for the next day. Here's the deal. Me, Albert, and uh, Boomer have boots and we'd be walking through the jungle with our guns and you'd be walking in your yellow jandals slipping around yep. the mud. We'd fuck you up. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> you guns would already be dead because I'd have killed you. With what? <laughs> With malaria, yeah. with just kindness and hum- and good humor. Yeah, you're speechless, bitch. You are, you are speechless. All you can see right now is... You would not... There is no way you could walk through the jungle, ever. Like, I'd be already through the jungle, and I'd, I'd be sitting there waiting. You idiots would be walking past. I'd go, oh, look, those idiots are going to walk straight off a cliff. And I'd be like, I'm still in my jandals, bitch. Boom. And you'd be sitting there in your little cubby hole. Listening to Hillbilly Hank coming, you're like, it's fucking over. Retreat! <laughs> like War of the Worlds, but with Hank. Oh, yeah. You guys do a great broadcast here. Thanks, man. We we just enjoy talking to people and try to make it relatable for, for everybody. So we really appreciate you being on. That's that's awesome. You, your work is awesome. Yeah, thanks for reaching out. You know, um, right after you guys reached out, Joe Rogan reached out. And I was like, sorry, Joey. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you were going to go to temper- his house. You were going to go to his house and eat an elk meat or something cool like that. No, right? no, no. What's that shit like DTM or some shit that he takes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Talk about the know. Mars mission or some shit. <laughs> yeah, fucking Mars, man. 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. He had Elon Musk on there. That's right. They were talking about Mars. Smoking the weed on Mars. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the end of episode 15 of Machinist Therapy Hotline and I'd like to thank Carl for all of his efforts and listening to us Babylon and our stupid questions and exactly. uh, we hope that next time you will all come and listen again so till next time bye everybody bye bye everybody bye